to the first annual Castillo Awards, the most Ander Curse things, and historical Ander Curses, because we need to set that mark right now to figure out what is the most Ander Curse thing of all time. But everything from the calendar year of 2017, that was Ander Curse. The results are in. I want to thank Rob McIntyre for putting this all together, and you all for voting. So let's bring in the man of the hour. It's Tim Andercust! Tim Andercust. <laughs> That is not my name. Oh, heard it was your name, sir. No, my, this feels like one of those Comedy Central roasts. No, it's nothing like that. Except I wonder if I will have time to defend myself against the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Listen, any time that you want to address the people directly, you just let me know. You can have your piece, all right? Yeah, although basically my Twitter account is a direct conduit between me and the people already, but sure. Great. So it's not just going to be me breaking down the results on the pad and you defending yourself. No, we had to get the most frequent Cust Corner contributors to contribute to the Custy Award. So I would like to introduce from the Fantasy Sports Network, Gary and Thorne, and from the Pat Mayo Experience, it's Jeff Feinberg. What's going on, guys? Not too much, man. This is pop culture. Yep. Yep. Um, Tim, Tim does get like an Oprah-esque speech break, though, at around the 50-minute mark, right? Like, this, this is the start of Tim's 2020 <laughs> presidential campaign. Yeah, but this is going to be like the time that instead of like the Oprah speech and she might give you a free car, it'll be like when I did my high school pep rally, we introduced one of the guys and he wore a McDoobies over one million, over one billion people's stone shirt and came out with 10 cigs in his mouth and threw them into the crowd. That's what Tim's probably going to get up to. To be fair, to defend Tim's honor just the slightest bit, I've seen Tim give one speech in public and I cried. That's true. So Tim is a good speech giver. If there was the anti, although my marriage might be Andrew Curse for all I know for letting him speak, but best speech of the year, it's probably Oprah, and then it's cussed as my best man at the wedding. People were floored with how good you were, Tim, so we're going to praise you to start the show. How about that? I, I appreciate that. Uh, I will say since Oprah's speech took place in January of 2018, it wasn't eligible to compete with mine. Just, just throwing shade already. And uh, I, I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, I, I can be spellbinding when I, when I have to be. You did put on those, like, little reading glasses that you have, which is oh. just really added to the entire thing. Well, it was dark, and I needed to be able to make sure I read things correctly. You got old man vision? No, just, you know, it's not a bad idea to have some uh, magnifiers when you're reading in the dark. And uh, you know, Is it, it a monocle? No. It was almost no. like two monocles stuck together, though. It was real classy. Yeah, it basically set of opera glasses. Tim can hold a room, so I'm not surprised in the least. He also didn't get wasted before he did it, so I think that really contributed because I think a lot of the other people, like my mom and dad, were just in the back, like, getting so blackout drunk so they wouldn't get nervous. Well, the free cocktails yeah, well, came before the speeches. Some people are nervous about public speaking. Some of us aren't. I guess that's just the difference. Well, not it, all it, of us are tributes to the people. Everybody. That's actually true. So, you know. All right. Are we ready to get into the awards or what? You ready, Tim? I've actually been trying to delay this as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't work. So, category number one. This was an easy one. A coin flip, if you will. Is Cuss Corner the name of the show? There were two options. Yes or no? I'm going to get the panel to weigh in on this one. Jeff, what do you think was the winner for this? Oh, uh, this is an easy yes. It was funny to think, you know, Tim thought 
Tim's objection, like, if he gets 10% of the vote, he'll consider this a win, though, right? Isn't that how Tim works? Yeah, that is exactly how Tim works. So, Gary, do you think that he ended up with 10% of the vote? <laughs> no, I'm going to say 97% of people said yes. Not quite that high. Tim, do you have a guess at what the split was? 92 to 8. That's pretty close. So, yes is the winner of the name of Cus Corner. 93.5% of the vote. You couldn't even hit your 10% threshold. I didn't set up a, a threshold for this one. I just clearly, listen, clearly this question was was stilted uh, for this exact, that people who are interested in voting in these awards <laughs> are not the sort of people who are going to vote no on this anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm impressed that we got six and a half percent. In some ways that that's a victory. But aren't the people who are watching this show and voting for these awards, aren't they your people, thus making them the public? And if the public believes that the name of the show is Cuss Corner and you are a man of the public and the people, would you not agree then that the name of the show is in fact Cuss Corner? There, there's a mean spiritedness to this, which clearly indicates that those people are not going to vote no. You should see well, that. Hey, I sent you what the award looks like, right? Yes. So you might have to go, I might get a physical embodiment of these awards, and you can go around and give it all to the winner. Except for one, because he's dead. And you can knock him and, off and put a little hockey guy in there. I mean, the sad thing is he wanted to, what, top cat corner? Yeah. yeah. Or just the well, corner, I mean, the corner was on the board, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think those have better SEO value. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number two, the award. We're going to the best Cuss Corner episode of the year. So the ones that we've released recently, um, you know, they're not eligible. But if you look in the description for any of those videos, you can go back and watch or listen to all previous versions of Cuss Corner. So let's, uh, let's throw it to you guys. I'm going to read these out, Gary. And you were a part of a lot of these. So are you, Jeff. Do you remember these ones? So Cuss Corner 1, Jets get screwed by the schedule. The best Simpsons episodes. The Wendy's Nuggets guys and the Patriots White House takes. Wendy's Nug guy really stayed around with Tim for a while. Tim, do you still love or hate the Wendy's Nugs guy? Oh, he's still a cyber pickpocket, and I have nothing to do with him. <laughs> and that ban has st is is on until May first, when I've done. Uh, I'm taking the ban off. Uh, still upset about that. I mean, I'm angry at Burger King right now, but I'm still angry at Wendy's. Can you explain why you're so upset with Burger King? Because I don't think the people know. Burger King yesterday, oh, so I God. guess I'm time dating. Burger King put out this tweet yesterday of a video, and they tried to imitate for, for real customers what, quote unquote, not having net neutrality is going to be like for them. And the way it works for them is that at one of the restaurants, you know, if you bought a hamburger, you bought a, a, a Whopper in the fast way, you'd get it right away, but it would be $25. If you bought a Whopper in another way, it would come more slowly you pay less money and if you only paid like the 399 then you'd get it but it would take 25 minutes and so the intimation being that the more money you're willing to spend the faster your service will be and customers are getting very upset and annoyed and on the side there are signs that say wi-fi 699 to use there's so much wrong with this this little vignette first they are misrepresenting the issue completely back in the long ago time of 2013 before net neutrality uh, rules were implemented. That's not the way the internet worked. That is just scaremongering. It's taking and intimidating customers with a demagogic message to push forward a political uh, objective that isn't necessarily correct. Secondly, they don't even represent their own 
factitious argument correctly, which would be that you'd get a chicken or a fish sandwich more quickly than you'd get a Whopper or a Whopper more quickly than something else. So they don't even understand their own their own message. Chicken the, sandwich? <laughs> and then the no no hold on what this all breaks down to no 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 hold on hold, hold on for a second all this breaks down to is you don't want people to be able to surf the internet now that's all you want that's what i'm no hearing. you I, hate I freedom to, on the internet i'm actually quite you know indifferent to the doesn't whole net doesn't issue. sound like it but i was supported the fcc getting rid of it because they had no constitutional mandate to do so but burger king is just demagoguing the issue and they are using their platform to sell a political story. And they did it by scaring and frustrating, angering their customers who just came there for a sandwich. You didn't come there to be a part of a, uh, of a cheap political campaign. That is absolutely the wrong way to approach things. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, if Burger King wants to insult the intelligence uh, of me and of its uh, viewers and potential customers, they have lost me as a customer. And I should hope other people uh, weigh the same considerations. Isn't this more about your just thought process that if Burger King were truly to try and scare people into something, they shouldn't use infactual vignettes, they should in fact use the sneaking because he is the scariest possible thing Burger King has in their arsenal. <laughs> King's worst place anyway. No, Tim loves Burger King. He was going on that the only reason that Wendy's remains on the band <laughs> list is because he loves the burgers at Burger King Wendy's so much he can't actually Wendy's not go Wendy's there. Wendy's is fabulous. Wendy's is better than Burger King. Had it this yeah. week. Yeah. No, see, that is just that that's just bad taste in the in the, both the literal and figurative sense of the word. <laughs> Give me them the square patties, Tim. Burger King is the literally the worst labor. quality of all the fast foods at least available to us. Yeah, but Burger King, I will say, they do have they have the most in-line sort of price range to McDonald's. Like if you want to just go get like Yeah, if you want if you want Dollarama yeah. McDonald's, you can have Burger King. Yeah. That's not a problem. If you want 10 nugs for 2 bucks, which I'm I'm look, I'm I'm not above 10 nugs for 2 bucks, regardless of the quality of nug. But uh, Burger King's good for a couple things. Well, the problem with that, the whole thing, it wasn't, you know, 10 nugs for two bucks. It was free nugs for a year. That was your problem, Tim. You hate when people get things for free. No, it's not that I hate when people get things for free. I hate when people beg and, and cajole and clamor on Twitter for free stuff. And then Wendy says, okay, I'm going to set this really, really high benchmark. You need to get 20 million or 50 million retweets. And the kid says, sure. Then he falls significantly short of the mark, and they just shrug their shoulders, and the 19-year-old son of the vice president who runs their Twitter account says, yeah, you can have for free uh, these nuggets anyway, even though you didn't do the thing you were supposed to do, and all it did, and of course people tweeted stuff after me, so it verified my suspicion that it just inaugurated a whole suite of people begging for stuff online and begging for things on Twitter. But this, is, it, this it, isn't about all, that. This is about Wendy's rewarding a man who gave them millions of dollars of free Twitter pl uh, pr uh, publicity and well, then gave them a good PR image. Like, this is a good move on Wendy's part. Then they should just be honest about what they're doing and not couch it so, as in, oh, well, we want to reward someone who got a lot of if it's just a great He's going outside for a sing because he's getting too worked up. Since this, is an, award, since this is an award show. Yeah. There, are you ever going to be able to play him off? Ooh, oh, like get gave him music? the hook? I usually like, just yell at him. Tim, did you say you were going outside for a sig? No. Or are you just currently outside no. having a sig? I'm not having a sig. What are you doing? You seem to be moving around a lot. 
I was moving around because I was animated by the story. We're, we're not going to get through this category if we just rehash every single one of his arguments from the first eight cussed corners. Okay. Well, I was asked. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, cussed corner two. All day breakfast, white sneakers, trans fats, which Tim is very in favor of. I'm pro for, Tim's argument on trans fats. For whatever reason. Just sheer unhealthiness. And what is and what is not a sandwich, which was Tim's most asinine take of the year, probably. That one was with Cam. Is that Cam. the genesis of Tim? Maybe, but this was the one we did with Cam Stewart. And Cam was kind of in on everything that Tim was saying until he got the sandwiches. And then Tim said a Pop-Tart was a sandwich and just, just lost. No, you lost, Cam. I didn't say a Pop-Tart is a sandwich. I affirmed the objective fact that a Pop-Tart is a sandwich, as is a toaster strudel, oh. as is a wrap. I really and do feel like as this that conversation, though, like the sandwich debate really is the birth of whatever Tim has become, whatever amalgamation. <laughs> the Tim I knew in 2016 ceases to exist because the sandwich debate happened, and now we're having the Custies. That's my time. That's my personal timeline of what's gone on the last eighteen months. I went from the your, your Anakin Skywalker to your Darth Vader. Yeah, you had a high Again, presence of whatever the thing in the blood was. All right, Gus Corner number three. Mid-Koreans. People on their phones. Mother's Day. Black Jujubes, which we tried to start an online campaign for you, so you could tweet something out like, "Hey, give me free Jujubes if I get so many retweets." And you didn't even want to do that. You could have had free Black Jujubes for life, which are disgusting, by the way. I get them free already because people give them to me. <laughs> That's true, because no one fucking wants them. Online yeah, tracking and stick shift cars. That's when we figure out that you couldn't actually drive a car like a real person. That was exactly my problem with that asinine argument to begin with. That you can't drive a stick shift, therefore you oh, can't drive a car. That, that preening hipster opinion that oh, unless I'm I yes, if there's one thing, if there's one thing hipsters are really into, it's driving stick shift cars. That that's they the new wave of millennials and hipster culture. Now, unless you're driving a Formula One race car, I don't think you need to be able to shift gears. You just admit you can't drive. You can just admit that. That's okay. I can drive perfectly fine, thank you. I just don't need people. There's if you want. I don't care if people have stick shift cards, actually. What I care about is people who have to let you know, oh, I can drive a standard, can you? Trying to you know, elevate themselves above other people just because, oh, they can do this mechanical. Well, who cares? I don't go walk around bragging about all the things that I can do better than some other people. Can you, oh, oh, hold on a second with that one. Can you give us a definitive ranking of things that you do better than other people? Well, I mean, we talked about it before. I, public speaking, I, I'm quite an accomplished person at that. Uh, I'm pretty good at making uh, football picks, <laughs> all things considered. You would say that uh, compare you That's compare yourself two. to the rest of the people in the world. You have giving public speeches, which admittedly you are very good at, and then your terrible football picks would be number two on your list. No, probably my fashion sense. I, I've been <laughs> on fleek fashion forward. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I, I've donned many a jaunty chapeau. Oh, you're, uh, you're truly the Russell Westbrook of our time. No, he's more of the Cam Newton. Oh, that's true, yeah. I'm like Cam Newton with actual fashion sense. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. A anything else you want to throw on that list? I'm sure I can think of other things I, I, I'm pretty good at. I mean, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, actually. Rolling change, maybe? That's not a real talent, but it is something I do quite well. I was gonna say making lists, but this list is kind of coming. Well, my short. list, my, my list game goes beyond all comprehension. Ah, like just last night, I, I put up an amazing list about music, and people loved it. Yes, that's true. Tim ranked, and then the, didn't know who Tool was. Yeah, Tim also ranked the best bands of the 1990s, and Nirvana number one, number two, people. 
Matchbox 20. So just live with that. Cuss Corner, number four. Oh, oh. Can oh, I ask you, you got... quickly about this list, though? Was Go Oasis ahead. Was dead fucking last because they tried to be the Beatles or because you legitimately don't like their music? <laughs> well, first, I, I explicitly said there were no DFLs because even okay. bands like Oasis, who are terribly overrated, have a couple of excellent songs. They said Don't Look Back in Anger is one of the best songs uh, of the decade. But as a rule, most of their music is terribly overrated and not that great. Same as Red Hot Chili Peppers, same as particularly Pearl Jam, the most overrated band I'm with you on Pearl Jam. in the last 30 years. I, I also do not like Pearl Jam, but um, I, I just thought maybe the vendetta specifically to Oasis was their, much like you, a great fashion sense wearing the John Lennon sunglasses all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's, perhaps you have drilled into a subconscious criticism I have of Oasis that I haven't verbalized. I have to actually mull that one over a little bit. All right, cuss corner number four, James Bond, waiters being mean to Tim, <laughs> Tim Hortons slash Wendy's debacle. Russell Crowe, talking at dinner, Trump in the Middle East, SIGs, and movie rankings. That was a good one. That was a good one. Number five. What's that? We talked about the orb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the orb, talk. yeah. Oh, man. That, that, I didn't even see that come out at the end of the year. Do you guys remember this? The orb? Jeff, do you? When yeah. Trump was in the Middle East and that uh, weird orb that he had? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did somebody replace the king of like Saudi Arabia with Soromon and it made no difference? <laughs> And it talked like this, you see, because I do an excellent Christopher Lee impersonation. This I think is what he sounds like. I think waiters <laughs> being mean is also like a very staple cussed corner like segment. I just think that's that's if if I had to show one person a segment of cussed corner and they had to like that truly encapsulated who Tim is as a person. I think waiters being mean to Tim because he goes to restaurants alone and thinks they have a vendetta against him is they probably do. one of the segments I would pick. <laughs> are they are they still mean to you? They haven't been as mean to me, no, but it's is, it, is it because that you stopped going by yourself to restaurants with your headphones in at the table and then wondering why people weren't coming by? That has not stopped. Okay, but people are just nicer to you now. Listen, I, I have to listen if I had encountered uh, poor service, you can be sure I would have given it voice. Cuss Corner 5. Spoons. Create a soda. <laughs> Notre Dame at noon. Flat Earth conspiracies. That was fun. Han Solo. Kong. Skull Island and Tim's favorite comedy of the early 1990s <laughs> slash late 80s, King Row. I think that episode is our Chateau Briard. Yeah, that's, that's the best one. Yeah. I, I think the Spoons one, in retrospect, when I thought about it, was my favorite segment we did all year. I don't even remember the spoons one. Oh, it's with the 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 des not designer spoons, the, the gourmet designer spoons. Five dollar yeah. spoons. Oh, it's that's yeah, that is a really good one. That's probably my vote. Now, see, I think that was great. And listen, I have to clearly mount a defense of King Ralph. That movie will have you in stitches from start <laughs> to finish. Everything he's an, as a common man, he's and then he's sort of thrust into the position of king. In a lot of ways, I see myself in the position of John Goodman in that movie, a, a common, ordinary man living the ordinary life, thrust by circumstances to lead the people <laughs> at he was never mentored for. What does it say in 12th Night? Some men are born for greatness, others have greatness thrust upon them. Like that's my position. So in that sense, I, I, I sympathize with the movie. I think it's it's a fantastic flick. 
uh, one of the best, not just comedies, but movies of uh, of that stretch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I loved that one a lot. Really the beginning of movies using the fish out of water trope. I mean, I, I took a couple film classes in high school and I feel like King Ralph came up a lot in terms of just script writing. And Jeff, you ever seen King Ralph? Things. Yeah, of course, John Goodman. Is it? high up on the best comedies of all time list for you? It's, honestly, I didn't even remember it until you just got brought it up here. <laughs> no, it's one of the best, apparently. Yeah, forget Tim about fancies it. himself a modern-day King Ralph. Maybe when the Queen dies, Tim, because you did put out the Andrew curse on her. We'll see if that happens in 2018. Maybe they'll skip over everyone who's next in line for the throne and just give it to you. I, I That would be... Uh... A, an overwhelming experience. Really? Would, you, you, beca govern. you becoming the new queen would be an overwhelming experience? <laughs> I would govern queen with Queen Cust! It's not how anything works. I think uh, that's how it works. Like that show, The Crown, which I'm a big fan of. Oh, poor The Crown. Now I can't win any more awards because you've now cursed it. Well, for some reason, all the best actors are leaving and being replaced with new actors for the new season. Well, maybe Which I don't understand. It, I don't know well, what that does, does, Doesn't the story take place over like decades of time? Wouldn't it be weird? Yeah, but to have like the twenty-year-olds playing like fifty-year-olds. Why does get a fifty-year-old? I don't know. You, people, Netflix has got enough problems as it is. I would think if they've got something here successful, they should stick with actors and actresses we recognize in a show that is, in a lot of ways, a marquee show for them. Probably their marquee show now. That House of Cards is essentially uh, uh, gone. House of Cards isn't gone. It's coming back. Uh -huh. Coming back, God knows when, and totally tarnished and its reputation blackened. Mm -hmm. All right, next one. Cuss Corner 6, airports, saving money, getting woke. Christopher yes. Nolan movies, cell phones, and barbershops. Number seven, Jer logos on NBA jerseys, how to watch TV, war movies, the government food guide to good health. Jeff, you were just talking about the new pins for the corporate logos on basketball jerseys. Did you remember it being in a cast corner, or was that just on your mind? Well, yeah, no, I saw it on the list, and I just trying to <laughs> yeah, reference. Are you in or out? Because we didn't get your take on that. Uh, some of them look really good, and some of them look really bad. Like the Goodyear one on the Cavs one blends right in, the Disney on the Magic. But then there's ones that are just as blotchy patches that really bother me. But as a whole, it doesn't bother me, per se, that they're doing it. Tim, have you reversed your stance on any of these things that you complained about within the last year? No. And in fact, that take was the most popular take I had all year. So it's, it's an like, easy my, thing for North American sports fans to yeah. get behind. It's yeah. like the anti-logo thing. So I don't care. That doesn't make you a tribune of public anything. I'm not saying you aren't, yeah, but I that was, take... Yeah. That's like uh, uh, so I'm going to say take. that he's not. How yeah. about that? No, but that's a very generic... on a fainting couch after you said that? Just like most people, you have a thinking couch. Is this is correct? A painting couch. Oh, a painting couch. Oh, a fainting. A fainting couch. Fainting couch. Oh, what, what are you? A bell in the South and during the Civil War era? It's the least controversial take, maybe on his entire list. Well, all my takes are correct. <laughs> I didn't like, say. Like I stand by my. They're they're my. I don't, no, I, I, stand I, I, I understand that, but in terms of controversy, there's nothing controversial about being against corporate logos on North American jerseys. Cuss I didn't think so either, but I received strong pushback from certain people on this podcast. All I said is that if yeah. it was me and I owned the team, that I would be trying to rent out space on my jerseys for extra money, because I don't care. And then if you're a fan of the team, you like once the game starts, 
Who yeah, gives like, a crap? I said I, I didn't really care. If I had if I had my way, like in a vacuum, I'd rather them not have the logos on there, but I don't care at all. And I can understand it from a business perspective. But Tim took it as a personal attack on him. No, I saw it as a huge basketball fan, so. <laughs> I saw it as the beginning of, you know, basketball and other sport jersey looking like Manchester United with the big Chevrolet logo. Mom, you! Uh, and that's, that's really affected soccer's popularity. No, but it, it's aesthetically <laughs> ugly. When you have a fashion sense like Tim, I mean, I can I mean, understand someone see, who does understand fashion at a level higher than I. Maybe like, could you be fired up to see the Blue Jays with the word Blue Jays taken off the jersey and the word Rogers in the large letters emblazoned across the chest, and maybe Blue Jays written small and uh, you know on the shoulder or something? If you're telling me you wouldn't care about that, that it would have absolutely no effect on your enjoyment of the game, you are lying. I think it. I think if it got to that level, sure, I'd be annoyed. Just well, that's what that's what level it is at with European soccer. But I think if they if they grandfather it in, kind of like this, I'm probably not going to care. I mean, dangerous. I don't. I, you know, you say it's dangerous. It's a dangerous. Once you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. <laughs> you start giving him a little bit on one thing, other things. You know, once you do the wrong thing once, it's easier to do it twice, and then three times. The next thing you know, you're just a. You look like an NASCAR driver. This and category is taking up this, a lot. This will be the longest category. Cut, cuss corner number eight. Mean charities. The Empire and Star Wars being the good guys. Soap. Assorted lists and the all-time football draft. I forgot that you don't use gelled soap, that you only use bars of soap. That's oh, yeah. kind of repulsive in some <laughs> situations. What's repulsive is using those disgusting loofahs that are covered in bacteria and skin cells and germs. That's that just absolutely grotesque. Those, those two things aren't, they're independent of each other. You can use gelled soap and not use a loofah. I bet you the if you were to do a Venn diagram of people who use gel soap and people who use loofahs, it's a nearly pure overlap. Okay, well let's let's take a quick straw poll here. So, of people just in the studio themselves, raise your hand if you use gelled soap. <laughs> I, they're both raising their hands too. If people can't tell, um, how about everyone keep their hands up if you use a loofah? So it's just me. Just me on the loofah front. So 66% of people, Tim, by my poll, do not use a loofah while using gelled soap. So sorry about that. You're wrong again. Yeah, okay. All of these corners kind of blend together for me. They're just that's one big truth, Tim thing? That's the truth. Yeah. yeah, that's the fact of the matter. Some hot takes kind of blend together. It's like, uh, you know, if you binge a season or something. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the common thread between them all is just millennials. Yeah, it's just hating millennials eight different ways. So, what do you think is the winner here? We have the top three in terms of voting. I'll start with number three and work my way up. Which one would you? Which one did you vote for, Gary? Uh, I voted for number five. I voted for number five as well. I probably voted for three because in my time away from being able to interact, the the black jujubes made me angrier <laughs> than anything that happened. I was more upset to not be involved in the black jujubes than I probably was a master show with you last year, Pat. Well, you had your chance right now to talk about black jujubes. Do you not love black no. jujubes? You don't think they're the number one candy? It's repulsive. <laughs> and like I said, the only people that like black jujubes are these all sorts or black licorice flavored things are old people. And they didn't have good candies available to them. <laughs> they don't know any better. And maybe they Tim doesn't have sour <laughs> keys when your dad was bought when you were buying black Jujubes back Sour in the day. 
Tower keys are garbage. Oh, fuck you! No, 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 no. Hold on a second. You can go fuck yourself with that cake. Sour keys are the best of the best. Sour candy in general is god-awful. Sour Patch Kids, god-awful. Get out of here. Stop. This is why raisins were so high in this stupid Halloween candy. This is why people don't like you, Tim. This right here. Candy is supposed to be sweet. I'm not supposed to be eating sour. If I wanted something sour, I'd go have some lemon. I am not going to try to endure <laughs> my candy. No, no, no. Anything, cherry blasters, fuzzy peaches, all the fantastic. sugar Coke bottles, all trash. Love sugar Coke. Wait, what was that last one you said? Sugar like Coke. The, the, the Coke, Coke bottles have like the sour bottles sugar yeah. on them. But even like, Coke like, like, like so delicious? Yeah, big no, 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 like, no, like, like the big Coke bottles. I know what he's talking about. But even, like, the, the, shit, like even Coke the Coke bottles without... Yeah, the sugar, they're all, yeah. it's all delicious. Everything you name, delicious, delicious, delicious. Look no, at sour candy is gutter candy. There, there, there are no black jujubes, apparently. Oh my God. Black jujubes are fantastic. I prefer, as much as I like black jujubes, I think I prefer the cigars more, the black cigars, because oh, I, I also have like, a more authentic, sort of like old school rustic licorice text uh, texture to it. Uh, so I really, really enjoy those, but black jujubes are fantastic. Black Twizzlers. I mean, black. do they even make black Twizzlers? I think they do. They have yeah. to be black. You must be like, red. do you like that tiger? Did you say that they just cream? happen to be black? I said it, Twizzlers have to be black. That's but, what licorice Really, is. They, ha they have to be black, do they? That's why we do you, do you see a lot of those around, do you? Actually, I have a bag of them right so now. So outside of your house, and I don't even know where you would have possibly bought them, have you ever seen anyone else with black Twizzlers? Of course. No, the answer is no. You're fucking lying. The reason we have to call it red licorice is to indicate that it isn't licorice. It's like a vodka martini. Isn't an actual martini. You have to add the word to it because it's a brand new invention. Uh, no, licorice is uh, ought, ought to be black. That is the best type of licorice. Uh, on that, there can be no debate. All right. Well, you heard it first from Tim right here on the Custy Awards that once you go black, you never go back. Am I right? <laughs> If only they covered the black Twizzlers in sour sugar, you'd be all over them, I bet. They'd taste a lot better. Yeah, they would. That would actually enhance the flavor in my experience of enjoying them. But like, do you, it's do like you... how Homer has to pour a, bag, pour a bag of sugar on his grapefruit in the morning. That's the only way I could possibly well, eat honestly, a black Honestly, if, if I were king for a day, I would make sour keys il uh, illegal. What if, you were queen, what if you were queen for a day? Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, which one are you voting for? for Real these? man of the people wants to he said get five. rid he, of sour keys. He thinks five is the best episode. So the th I think five is the best. I don't think five won, though. I think four won. All right, so did I send you the results of these? Four's good, too. No, but I just think that the James Bond one was a, a story that a lot of, I think our demographic of listeners are also the same demographics of people who like James Bond movies, and I think that's what's what won. All right, so coming in third place with 14.5% of the vote was mine, Gary and Ann Tim's favorite, Cast Corner number five. That was The Spoons, King Ralph, Notre Dame at Noon, which he was very upset about. Coming in second place with 15.8% of the vote, Cast Corner six, Airports, Saving Money, Christopher Nolan movies, and Tim, Getting Woke. I think Getting and Woke pushed that over the top. Number one, Cast Corner, Tim was right. Cast Corner four, James Bond, made waiters being mean to him, him rehashing the Wendy's thing, talking at dinner, and how much he hates the movie, The Good Guys with Russell Crowe. That movie is such trash. Oh my god, that movie so is so good. It's such a good movie, it's man. It's such a Russell good Crow movie. Russell Crowe is so bad in the movie, he ruins the entire thing. Is that where thing. they shoot Jeter? 
No, that's the that's that's the other guys. Oh. No, the good guys is the one. The with... other guys is a really good movie. No, the other the other guys is a terrible movie. No, the first hour of the no, the first, first hour of the other guys. The Rock is and Samuel L are in the movie. Then it's good. After that, it's garbage. I think they're making a second one, from what I hear. My my inside sources of the interwebs confirm this. So wait, do, like, do Will Ferrell? He only does movies with, with Mark Wahlberg now? Cause that ah oh God. Okay, well, I guess we really hit our stride then between four and six. That was, yeah, that, 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 that was that was peak cusp corner there if there ever was some. All right, next category number three. And these are like the technical awards at the Oscars. We'll get to the good stuff at the end. Most cusp story. We have four stories. Tim, do you remember what these are? I, well, I imagine the frying pan and the washing machine are in there, but I can't remember the rest. All right, so frying pan is on there. Can you please retell this story to us just to let the viewers know what they're in for? I'll just do it quickly. Once when I was a few years younger, anyway, uh, I wanted to cook something, and I was told that I had to grease the bottom of the pan, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I literally flipped the pan upside down, <laughs> greased the bottom, put it on the stove, and it began to smoke. <laughs> took the instruction uh, too literally. <laughs> I, I don't know why this is funny. This is not news to you, so I don't know why you're laughing so hard. You story already. <laughs> oh, I knew it would be much better if I got him to say them. All right, uh, the second story which you mentioned. The washing machine. We <laughs> hashed the washing machine for us. Uh, one of the first times I had to do my own laundry, uh, I, I, I was doing the washing machine had done its cycle, uh, had finished its what I thought had finished its cycle. I I didn't appreciate that there was a spin cycle that got rid of all the water and it sort of stopped and hadn't made noise. So I assumed the I opened up the top to find, of course, that the washing machine was still replete with water. My hand. So I, I got an empty two-liter Coke bottle, and I bailed all the water out of the washing machine from the bottle into the sink nearby the the, uh, the, uh, the washer. And I had to dry my clothes for like <laughs> like the blue jeans that I put in there, which were as soaked as he would dump, jumped into a lake. Took hours and hours and hours to dry, and I. I knew something was wrong because it shouldn't have been this complicated, but I had assumed that I had like chosen the wrong setting or something uh, on the washing machine. So, so we, we, when you got the empty Coke bottle, did you just take the two-liter bottle and just stick it in, yeah, let please. it all go through the top, or did you cut it off first? Uh, I just, I, I, I think I just used it as is. Oh, oh God! Of, God, I don't. I must how, 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 how long did it take to bail this out? <laughs> Did you you're just... asking me, I don't, I don't remember where I, whether I cut the top off. I feel where like I did. Were you in a college my... dorm? Where no, you... I wasn't at a college dorm. I was at somebody's house. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't home, so I couldn't ask them. <laughs> and this is why, this is why Tim is banned from using the oven in any dwelling that yeah. he goes into. Because that would have dire consequences. The washing machine is one thing. Burning the house down, completely different. That has to win. Uh, no, oh, there's, there's two yeah. more nominees oh. here. Number three, the crippled man. Please, Tim, fill us in. Uh, back in November, uh, I went to a, uh, well, it was like a Christmas holiday parade or whatever. Anyway, so we were leaving and we were parked in a parkade and the parkade was really backed up. <laughs> we were on like the second or, or main floor on our way out. 
and a gentleman was walking sort of on the side in a walker and i said to the driver of the car he's actually because the gentleman was clearly older and uh but he was getting along quite well in his walker i said to him that guy's getting along pretty well in his walker and the word the last word had come out of my mouth when the poor gentleman stumbled right in front of us i just got a depth stare when you say stumbled can, can you please describe to us the wipeout well, was, he fell and lost his balance and like had to like grip onto the walker really hard like, to keep himself from completely face planning. I mean, listen, I didn't do anything. I merely you know, gave the gentleman a compliment, and then he happened to randomly fall right afterwards. So you see uh, no you see no correlation between these two things. Well, correlation and causation are different things. No, in this situation, they're the same thing. I take no responsibility. Yeah, of course you don't. You never do for any of these things. The, the lives that you've ruined that we'll get to, you take no responsibility. Shame on you, sir. You shouldn't even have your own award show. We thought we were doing you a nice solid. Turns out that's not the case. I never we're celebrating a monster. That's you. Number four. This is the one you really need to explain because Jeff hasn't heard this. It's called The Healing Circle. Please fill us in. Oh, I mean, it's just... <laughs> Once upon a time, I was at a, working at a mall and I was robbed. Okay, one second. You were working where at the mall? Like at a, at a, at a jewelry store. Okay, and when this story first came up, what else did we discover about you with this? That you're a what? Oh, that I'm a fan of the gold standard. Yes, no, you're a gold bug, as you proclaimed. I, that is what, it's not what I proclaimed. That's the, one of the titles or sobriquets that people who are fans of the gold standard uh, are given. Uh, anyway, so I was, I had some jewelry stolen from the store one night and the assailant was caught and I was asked to participate in sort of a justice rehabilitation system. And it turned out to be basically being like, a, like a healing circle where you had to like be in a circle and discuss <laughs> your feelings and your experiences. <laughs> and so I just, I wanted nothing to do with this entire situation. And I was probably not, I just, I was not having a good time. <laughs> Healing Circle with Tim, where he expresses his views like he does on Cusk Corner. Was it like a Cusk Corner? Well, I mean, it wasn't being watched by thousands. <laughs> okay. All right, so the winner of this category, coming in third, the bronze medalist, Healing Circle off the list. Didn't make it. I personally think it's the funniest one. But number three, Crippled Man. You crippled that poor man even more crippled than he already was. That comes in. That, give me. That comes in third at 21.6% of the vote. Second, Grease in the Frying Pan, 35%. The Washing Machine is the winner of the Custy Award, 36.1% of the vote. It wasn't a big margin, but you greasing the bottom of the frying pan and putting it on the burner and almost burning the house down is the winner, Tim. Congratulations. So the frying pan was the winner, not the washing machine? Oh, no, the washing machine, yes. The washing machine was. I mean, we're all winners here, really. It was close, though. <laughs> All right, here's a fun one. Laughing at me. <laughs> Number four. I can imagine being in someone else's house. <laughs> and then admitting I've never done laundry. Well, I hadn't. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this stuff came out of the washing machine. Like, it, it, was all, it was all a mystery to me. Just, just him sitting there and waiting until the bubbles stopped coming up so the Coke bottle was full. <laughs> <laughs> just gluck pouring. How did you get the water out of the very bottom of it all if you did have it cut off? Well, by that, by the time it got that low, I was able to like get all the clothes out, and, like anyway, scoop it into the, with my hand and whatever. All right, 
Number four, worst take, subjectively incorrect by you. Number one, the Halloween candy list. If people can go search Twitter, look for Tim's candy list, putting such items as candy corn, peeps, and raisins inside the top five of best Halloween candy list. It was truly a sight to see and quite disgusting. Number two, tacos. Proclaiming Taco Bell to have the best tacos on the planet based on having taco in its name. Number three, chain restaurants. Proclaiming chain restaurants to have better food than standalone restaurants because there's more of them. Capitalism, people. Sandwiches. Proclaiming such items as pizza, soup in a bowl, burritos, and Pop-Tarts. Various forms of sandwiches. Kit Kat bars saying that the correct way to eat a Kit Kat bar is to eat them whole instead of breaking <laughs> off pieces individually. Yeah, take a bite right out of the side. Yeah, that's how an insane person would do it, by the way. I'm, I'm afraid, like, uh, it's a good thing you're on the line, not in studio, because I'd fear for the four of our lives in here, Paul included, that you're just a serial killer and you'd kill us all. No, and listen, if we're, when we're in Minneapolis, we can have Kit Kat bars just like that. No, I, you, I will not be eating a Kit Kat bar that way. I'm sorry. Next one, dinner. Talking should be banned at dinner and only allowed in between meals. Money. Well, I mean, it's, it's got to be a form. If you're going to have a true dinner at the table, there ought to be some formality to it. Money. You know, when you go to a formal dinner, you know, you don't talk to whoever you want at the table. You have conversation only with the person to your right during one course, then only to the person to your left in another course, then only to the person across you with the other course. And maybe during the amuse-bouche or something, you can have a conversation with he, people around you. He is going to make a great queen. I know. He is, <laughs> you are a shoe-in for the royal family here, Queen Gust. And I don't understand why. King Ralph, whatever. Let's move on. Let, let, let's mush on here. Money. People should use cash instead of cards in order to save money. Terrible take. And the Empire. Proclaiming the Empire to be the good guys in the Star Wars franchise. It's guys? It's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. What would you guys have voted for? I'm going to say, just because it's probably the most long-running and hit upon of these topics, I feel like chain restaurants is probably going to win just because we get into so many Chili's-based arguments. But I would say that none of these is going to have more than, like, 13% of the vote. Untrue. Okay. But the winner and the second place were decided by 0.2%. Jeff, Chains. what would be your vote? To me, the top have to be the candy, the chains, and the sandwiches. Sandwiches is pretty ridiculous. I actually think the money thing is crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's, that's that's a fundamental, like, blow to your philosophy on life. So I, it, it I is. can see that really. But I don't think that's that's not, like, funny enough to win this vote. Yeah. I think it has to be the staples. Stupid. I think Jeff's right. Candy's up there, chain restaurants are up there, and sandwiches... As again, being the genesis, that is the spider but, bite that yeah. turns him into Spider-Man. But also to Pat's point, I think the one that like, if a, you know, a clinical psychologist came in here might be most alarmed by the Kit Kat one. Yes, oh absolutely. That would be the one that would like raise levels on like certain models that would like be concerning, I think. I can see that. <laughs> All right, so coming in third place with... <laughs> So, so with this, by the way, he's playing this clip after he yeah, can think of full bite of his Kit Kat bar. <laughs> or could we not separate all the gig fits? Well, no, the gig, gig fits wasn't a category. Everyone knows the best gig fit is always skittle me timbers. <laughs> I, I like I like it better when he gives up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Let's move on. You're good now. So coming in third place with 17% of the vote, and when, what I think is a shocker here, proclaiming Taco Bell to have the best tacos, Ugh, despite having, yeah. because it has taco in its name. That might be the funniest one on paper. Actually. It is. Now so to read it out loud is really ridiculous. It's one, it kind of like overshadows the chain rest. Like, it, it's a vote splitter, I feel. Number Ooh, two yeah. on this list, with 19.3% of the vote, Halloween candy. Yes. Raisins as number one is Halloween ridiculous. candy. That, I think that was the biggest one that went like viral online, if there was anything that, I mean, nothing really came close to going viral. People were fired up about that. Everyone had an opinion on how wrong he was about his Halloween candy. Yeah, if, if any of... tweet of mine has ever been ratioed harder, I don't remember it. Yeah, no, but that was sort of in the way that Jeff expressed anger that he wasn't with you guys when the Black Jujube comment came up. I wasn't there for the Raisins one, and it infuriated me. <laughs> I was so angry about that. You, you got a problem with Raisins? Yeah. I do. They're big problem. Terrible. They're just something that's gone bad and then repackaged as another thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you would rather munch on some sour keys, which are gross. That's not even a debate. Oh, right. It is a debate. You don't munch. Yeah, 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 you can't really munch. You munch on chips. It's a process. Tim also on that list was that stupid marshmallow that's shaped like a peanut. (laughs) Those are used as door stoppers if they're not just immediately just thrown away. So those are excellent. I'm a big fan of those, but they aren't as good as the candy corn or the mallow cream pumpkins or raisins or anything like that, of course, or, or Halloween-style peeps, to be sure. I See, this Halloween-style peeps thing doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, peeps are for Easter, but now you're going to repurpose them for Halloween, and that's okay? Yet anytime anything anything else gets repurposed, it's outlandish and should be banned? Good point. No, I think it, I take things on a case-by-case basis. Oh, okay. So if you happen to like something, then it's okay. I use a little thing called context. Oh, okay. Do you now? <laughs> really, you're you're a man of the people and context? I find those two statements very hard to believe. The flavor of the Halloween peep is no different than the flavor of the Easter peep. So they're co-equal in that sense. Number now, one. That's Easter candy. I mean, that's, that goes without saying. Number one on the list with 19.5% of the vote. You guys were right. Chain restaurants proclaiming chain restaurants to be better than standalone restaurants because there are more of them. Remember, this is the category. Worst take, subjectively incorrect. The people disagree with you, Tim. <laughs> that is the Ender Custy, the Custy Award winner for this restaurant, for this category. Chain restaurants. It's at least made the big time now. I feel like it's not the only time they're going to come to the podium. Maybe, maybe. It could be a... Big clean sweep for chain restaurants? Big, big, big clean sweep. All right. Next category. Number five. Worst take. (laughs) Factually incorrect. So just stuff you were just lying about. Number one. (laughs) Chorizo. Tim touted it as a new millennial trend, despite being prevalent throughout Latin countries since the early 15th century. (laughs) Okay. Well, it hadn't come into my sphere of influence. So it it never existed then, according to you. you Well, it didn't exist to me. But so it made it a new millennial trend just because you were too ignorant to hear it. It is a new millennial trend. I mean, I appreciate it's been around for around, a while. Like, there, there's nowhere, there's, no. It wasn't a thing. Th- this is factually like incorrect. Dogma. You are wrong. I, I, don't, I don't agree with its even placement there. Number, this one, sorry. This is indisputable. <laughs> well, hit it, hit it with us, Gary, and you can do this one. Uh, Bronco Nagurski <laughs> was sta- stated as an example of a defensive player needing to be a champion to make the Pro Bowl, or excuse me, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, despite being a fullback and never playing defense in the NFL. 
I mean, I, I, I cop to being wrong. What can I tell you? I think, I think in his defense, didn't Bronco Nagurski play the linebacker in the original longest yard? So Tim is. Just, I think he maybe. I think he's I think just that, melding. You're, you're trying. You're trying to give him way too much credit for this. I'm you really breaking down the psychological. Like I'm, I'm getting deep inside the Kit Kat mind of Tim. <laughs> and it's a scary place. <laughs> yes, it's a terrifying place, which no one should have to venture to. Standalone restaurants. He has stated multiple times that if standalone restaurants were that good, they'd be chains. That neglects basic economic philosophies of supply and demand and scarcity. If a profitable standalone restaurant could simply cost itself and put its and copy itself elsewhere, it would. However, due to the scarcity of the higher quality ingredients that they use, it cannot meet the supply necessary to do this, rendering this option un, <laughs> unavailable for most locations. So this will stupid. win because of how, just, be, how, just how factual that breakdown the is. The fact that that has to be verbalized. So... It's, it's also not a correct. I mean, that's okay. So, that's so, 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 what's your take against that? My take against that is that the yeah, rarity. Wait one second. I'll give, I'll, you know, you know what? I'll give you fifty. You can be quiet for fifteen seconds. I'll give you fifteen seconds to actually think of a response for this. The rarity of the ingredients you can just has no slowly. bearing Sid. on its popularity. So, if something, T, the wind. Is can you, do, do you want to talk a bit faster? <laughs> I will just put it plainly: chain restaurants are better than other <laughs> restaurants because anything that's that good, anything that people love that much, will find a home in in multiplying and increasing uh, exponentially. Uh, there is no there is no standalone restaurant I can think of that's super popular. That has to be the way it is because they can only stock enough ingredients for one place in one city. I'm sorry. You're focusing too much on the ingredients. You it's just the quality the, of the food. You should let the people just speak. Yeah. Because there's not even, just to justify that with responding is silly. Yeah, it's just, a, again, factually incorrect takes from Tim. This is one. He's still trying to defend it, which is ludicrous. Plus... Does that mean Chili sucks because they're losing locations and Subway, your two favorite places, which you've now Ander cursed? They still have no, no, they're not. No, no, they have fewer locations today in 2018 than they did in 2017 and in 2016, which means people don't think that they're any good anymore. Now, when you know, the markets go up, markets go down. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Long range trends to to determine that. All right, last nominee in this category, White Sneakers. Tim said White Sneakers were a new fad, despite having existed for over 30 years and very many famous, especially rappers in the 80s, wearing them. But you just never noticed that, so it never occurred to you? Or maybe just because it was 30 years doesn't mean it's all that new to me. But you're 30. <laughs> yeah, but I, again, I am aware of things that happened before the day I was born. Yeah, but are you new? I'm just saying... That just because it, it's been around for 25 or 30 years. And I'm curious as to whether that was even popular 25 or 30 years you, ago. You, and, 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 but by the way, it's not like you said you know, 20 years ago. You said it was a new fad. New it fad. Is a, it is a new fad. Fads, no, the, the I don't think fad encapsulates like 30 months. years. Yeah. When I was going to high school and no one was wearing these things. I, ha I had white sneakers in high school. What are you um, talking not, about? Not I'm, older, I'm older than you. Not all white. Yes, all white. No, he would have had like a co colored stripes. Yes, on the side. so I, I'm glad you're now telling me what my sneakers look, looked like at a point when you never knew me, but you're sure of what I was wearing. Not me, uh, who was wearing them. 
I, I feel very confident in averring uh, uh, this. All right, so the winners of the factually incorrect worst take custies are number three, Bronco, coming in at number three. That number, should be number one, because I'm objectively wrong about that one. You're wrong about them all. Uh, that had 17.0% of the vote. 19.2% of the vote. Chorizo. People are just very disgusted with you on that. But with 38.9% of the vote, Tim, people do not like your take on standalone restaurants being worse than chain restaurants. You are factually incorrect about that. And standalone restaurants get the custody for worst take, factually incorrect. Back to the podium. Let's hear about it. Just a bad take. Yeah, he's, he's beside himself. He's fainted on his fainting couch again. Well, I, I don't know what, what to say. I, I've mounted my defense. I think that they chose the wrong candidate. Nagurski should have been the winner. Uh, the people aired here. And it was also only 38%. It's not like this is some overwhelming percentage. Uh, 38% is not that many. The, the, the people are still with me on this. Of that, I am certain. When... <laughs> There was literally just a poll of the people that said they weren't with you on this. The fact that you can just stare these things in the face and then boldface lie is so infuriating sometimes. God. 38% is a small plurality. 38% of the options of all being wrong. They, if, if, it, if it was, was this take right or wrong, it would have been 100% this take was wrong. 38% has nothing to do with whether or not you were right or wrong. Well said. Well, but perhaps there are people who didn't choose it because I think it's a right opinion. Like, you, you can't read their uh, mind. Perhaps. I mean, apparently you can read people's mind, but we can't. You can tell me what I was wearing, like a genie, but none of us um, have that ability. I, I know what you were up to, and I know that you... Yeah, you don't know what I... I, 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 I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't a meet you. you I wouldn't me meet victory. you again. I wouldn't meet you for the first time until 10 years later. How would you know? Because... Because I know. I. This is the problem with you, Tim. Uh, just in a nutshell. You are basically what, you know, the millennials, we like to kind of refer to them as snowflakes. You're a snowflake. A snowflake. <laughs> you are a snowflake, and here's why. You're a snowflake because you don't deal in the realm of facts. You only have feelings, and your feelings are facts to you. And you present your feelings as facts to the world, despite the fact that if they're not true and they're not facts, you're fake news. I am the opposite snowflake. of all of those things. Now, all you need to do is just get woke, and everything will be okay. Good God. It's okay, Tim. We're getting to, like, the best supporting here. Like, we're, we're getting into the real nitty-gritty now. Let's the, move on. The, the sixth custody award of the nine. Most reverse cursed of 2017. First up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Couldn't win a game all season long. Went to the AFC Championship game and almost won. He was out, <laughs> And even, I mean, once we get into the news here, are you having a coffin fit over there? Are you okay? Tim, before we move on, can we hear from our friend Christopher Walken, please? Well, you see, I was in the movie Deer Hunter, which was excellent, but some people don't like because they have the attention span of a 12-year-old. And then I, I was in a view to a kill when I saw Roger Moore for the last time as Bond. And I threw his buddy out of a Zeppelin. That was pretty cool. And, uh, oh, I, I got to go now. Uh, I'm busy. Bye. See you, Christopher. Nice to see you. That was Christopher Walken. Did, did, did he get any black licorice while he was there? Black Twizzlers? 
Ah, you should have offered him some. I was such an ungracious host. Oh, Road Twizzlers are where it's at, too. That's unfortunate. So, Jacksonville Jaguars, number one on the list, or number one of the nominees. Number two, the New England Patriots, because every year they are reverse curse, and they're currently in the Super Bowl, so that's working out well. David Johnson is on this list as one of the reverse curses. Le'Veon Bell is on this list. The Kansas City Chiefs, who Tim said would be 0-9, and Andy Reid would be fired by the time they hit their bye week. That did not quite turn out. Although, when we talk about 2018, he then picked them to win the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Titans after Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown to himself. So that's always a fun one. They might be the most cursed in my mind. And the Los Angeles Chargers are definitely on that list as well. So those are the list of these sports teams that were most reverse cursed this year because Tim said, Jeff, as you remember, after they started 0-4, they would have no chance, would they, of mounting any sort of comeback? He said they quit. <laughs> and then they subsequently went 9-3. and Did they make the playoffs? No. I'm sorry, I must, have, I must have been mistaken. No, no, but I know. I, the I, season was over. Yeah, you said they quit, though. You said they quit. Okay. And then you subsequently... All right, well, I mean, okay. No, I don't care to debate wrong. it. I don't care to debate it. It's, I'll I don't even know that this quitting. is I was wrong about voted. the quitting. But I wasn't wrong about their season being done. So, I mean, I was wrong about the quitting. I wasn't wrong about them being done. Okay. I voted Jaguars. You vote yeah, Jags? It's, it's yeah. Jaguars. It seems but like the it's the Jaguars. the thing Jag- is, we're, well. I, I just think that the Patriots can't even be on here. I've made this point, I feel like the last three years we've been doing these shows. The New England Patriots aren't reverse cursed. They're just really good. So that's. That's all there, there is. There is no such thing as a curse, so yes. I mean, there is such thing as a curse, but you keep trying to curse them, and it just doesn't matter. It's like when you, it's like when we imply that somehow the dolphins are cursed. No, they're just bad. Some things are beyond curses. So I feel like the Patriots is not a good. Don't vote for the Patriots. Also, the things. timing of the vote could impact how many points the Jags got. Well, I mean, the the, the voting results were in in the second week of December, so. I just think Pat and I spelled that a very good case for why they would definitely win more than six and a half games this season. And I got to cash my and ticket of plus 700 for them to win the division, which I thought was very nice. They yeah. almost came through for you, Jeff, when you had oh. them at 33 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That close. So if people don't remember, the David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell thing are, for the first time after Tim proclaimed that David Johnson would be the biggest bust in the world last season, he finally bought into him being the best fantasy player this season, then he gets hurt week one. And then Tim said that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't try this season because he didn't have a full contract going, therefore you should not draft him. How did that turn out? Wrong on both counts. Although he says now he's going to retire if they franchise him, so... You know, he, his dislike of the of the Steelers wasn't a wrong assumption, but his performance was uh, was masterful, and uh, I was wrong about that. All right, let's get to the Custy Award winners here. Number three, with 8.9% of the vote, David Johnson, with 9.9% of the vote, the Kansas City Chiefs. And coming in number one, Tim, do you want to guess what it is? With 59.1% <laughs> of the vote, the Custy goes to... The Jacksonville, Saxonville Jaguars. College football all-stars. <clears throat> you really did big things for them. You gave Doug Marone, like, his next job. After he eventually gets fired by Jacksonville, like, five years from now, he'll get another job because of this year, because of you. So maybe he owes you a fruit basket. I mean, I was – the people forget is I was an advocate of this team for so many years. Until when? Until when? I got Until when did you jump off the bandwagon? Until this year, because I had been battered around and beaten up by this team enough 
that I was done getting my hopes up for a team to rise up with a defense to, to challenge uh, New England in the AFC. And just by pure happenstance, what it took was the two, one, two of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the entire NFL who reside in that division both got hurt or never played all year. Mariota also got hurt. Mariota? He also got hurt and didn't play great this year. Like a Japanese sports car. And... So what you're saying is that the reverse curse really, Jacksonville really does deserve this custody. I'm just saying it was a, a supernova of events that will not repeat itself. And if Jacksonville is even third in their division next year, I think that would be a pretty impressive performance from them. Great news for Jags fans heading into the 2018 season. Then. Next one, most undercursed by association. These were predictions that were so bad by me that they could have only been the fault of the Andrewker. So we're going to play. So I have a real problem with this category. I mean, that I'm supposed to take responsibility for other people. Like, it's not bad enough that people fire at me various things that I should be quote unquote responsible for because I said or proclaimed something. The idea that now I have to start taking slack for other people's bad picks. Like, come on. All right. So the nominees are that the Los Angeles Rams would definitely hit their under of five and a half games. That turned out not to be true. Bad take by me. The New York Giants. You weren't jo- the only one who said that. Someone the, else the, on that on that platform oh, yeah. also said the exact same I, thing. I was 100% wrong about that. I'll the, own up to it. The New York Giants to win the Super Bowl. Bad pick by me. Right. Turns out they weren't very good. Bilal Powell to be the fantasy guy that you want to own after round three. Turns out you probably didn't want to own Bilal Powell. And... This one is a more personal one to Rob, who put together the show, because he's a big challenge fan, and you know, we didn't do the last season of the challenge uh, in terms of doing fantasy and doing a recap show of it, and it just turned out that it was the best season of the challenge in like 10 years, and we really should have been talking about it the entire time. So, the winners, the custody for most Andrew by association are, number three, 18.2% of the vote, the Los Angeles Rams. With 36.2% of the vote, the challenge. People miss the challenge shows. And number one with 36.4% of the vote, the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl. Most Andrew Curse by association. Tim, please don't touch any of my picks ever again. Don't put your stink on them, okay? Hey, I, I didn't say I liked that pick. In fact, I said I didn't like that pick. No, yeah, but you started talking about the it and then boom. Though, didn't you? Pardon me, I love Dallas that year. I mean, it's a shame that we didn't have Francisco Liriano not to win the Cy Young on there because that was also a very bad pick. Literally, that that never, also that I also never wasn't said he would win the Cy Young. I said he was a good sleeper <laughs> candidate in a 300 pick baseball draft. But I was he won wrong. like six. I think he won like six games or something. I don't even know if he won six games. He might not have pitched six games. <laughs> All right, most Andrewkers. These are the two big ones right here. Three big ones. Most Andrewkers historical. So I'm going to run through the candidates. John McCain could not lose to Barack Obama in 2008. How'd that turn out, Tim? I assume that the country would elect somebody who was a hero and had experience was a statesman. Uh, I, 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 I heard from your main man, John McCain, not a hero. As a, the, than as a self no life accomplishments. As a self-proclaimed, you know, king of pop culture, wasn't Obama like 100% pop culture? Like, yes, and he inaugurated the trend now that politicians have to be sort of intermixed with pop culture. But as I mean, a king idea, of pop culture, you didn't see that one coming. That's because right? he's not. Doug the Pug is. Uh, first, no, he isn't. Secondly, yes, I, I didn't see it coming. I assume, like I said, I assume somebody with no real life accomplishments was not going to be elected president of the United States over a war hero and a statesman and a, a veteran. No, I was wrong. No. I didn't see that coming in politics. Whoa. And of course, now I'm very attuned to it. 
That's just the first. But, mean, but you're not because one of the one of the historical yes. Andrew curses is also Hillary Clinton from 2016, who you said couldn't lose. Well, sometimes <laughs> it takes me a few whacks at that before I learn my lesson. There's more politics on that list. Okay, so oh yes, uh, Stephen Harper, 2015, the Canadian election. You guaranteed he couldn't lose, and then they elected pretty boy Justin Trudeau, who's like 26 years old. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I was right for the three elections before that, and, and the Tories led in the polls uh, in that election for a while. <laughs> Until you really threw your support behind Stephen Harper. Well, I was I was behind him full stock and barrel to begin with, so. This oh. is all just this is this is all just appetizers for the one we know. We're <coughs> um, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl Forty Nine. You claimed there was no way that they could lose to the Patriots. Can you recap what happened for us, please? Uh, the true NF, the true Super Bowl MVP of that game, Malcolm Butler, intercepted a ball on the goal line in an unjustifiable decision to throw the ball. Okay, more historical Andrew curses. So, what is the biggest Andrew curse of all time? The Custies will let us know. Is it eight bells in 2008? The <laughs> horse that Tim picked to win the Kentucky Derby that lost, came in second, and had to be put down on the track? <laughs> hey, listen, I have been a hot fire on Kentucky Derby picks for many well, years. Well, there is a theory that floats out there is that something has to happen like this in order for the luck to switch into your favor. Because, granted, the Kentucky Derby is the only thing that I will tell you on. You've been hitting winners since 2008, but it took an yeah. event like this for it to switch. Poor eight bells. I mean, I, I always like to, to, to back the Phillies and the Derby because they always have great odds because people undervalue what a Philly can do in a short race like the Derby. Uh, and I, so I really wanted her to win. Yeah, she broke her front leg and had to be put down on the track after the race. <laughs> okay, we are, we are aware of that. Yeah, we, I, I just spelled that out for everyone. Okay, so the next one, in the 2012 and 2013 oh, NBA one. season, while we were doing our fantasy basketball draft, you bet someone in the room that a rookie <laughs> Anthony Davis would hit more three-pointers than one Steph Curry. What happened? <laughs> Anthony Davis hit zero, and Steph Curry <laughs> broke the all-time records for threes in a year. So, I mean, what you've all said is factually <laughs> correct, but I will say two points in my defense. One, I was under the impression that Curry was significantly injured going into that draft. Which were not reports that were out. No, you thought there he were a couple would of reports on that. No, And Anthony Davis did make a few three-pointers at the University of Kentucky, so there was reason to believe he was going to make some in the NBA. He, how many did he make? Zero, Zero, right? He made yeah, a, I mean, a dozen or so. In, in, I remember. No, I mean, he's made threes since. He takes threes yeah. now, but... But that year, he made zero. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. This is the hardest category. Jordan Spieth at the 2016 Masters. While standing on the 12th tee with a four-stroke advantage, Tim proclaimed on Twitter that hashtag, it's over. Jordan Spieth proceeded to hit his next two balls into the water, gagging away the green jacket to my friend and Feinberg's friend, Danny Willett, winning me, him, and a lot of you out there all the monies in the world. So, Tim, thank you for that. So, that is partially an inaccurate description of what happened. I claimed at the end of the front of the first nine that it was over, and that's when Spieth had the four-stroke lead. He went bogey, bogey <laughs> before he rinsed it twice. Oh, so sorry. So, 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 the 12th that I said it. I said it when he went to the 10th tee that when before I, I believe he put it into the creek off the tee. It wasn't until, so it was it wasn't on the 12th tee that I made the claim. It was on the 10th tee, but it sort of came to its crescendo when he rinsed it twice uh, there on, on on 12th. And the last one is during last year's football pick show, and Gary, and you were there for this. You will yeah. remember. 
He proclaimed Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota would lead their teams to the AFC Championship game with one of them going to the Super Bowl. Gary, do you remember what happened to both of those players on the same day? Uh, both were significantly injured. Derek Carr broke his leg. And so As did Mariota. So did the exact Mar same injury. Stop saying his name like that. <laughs> exact God. same injury, the exact same day. It was Christmas Eve 2016. Uh, they both broke their legs in the same way in the same day. And you take no responsibility for any of this. No, I was thousands of miles away. I didn't do anything. I mean, it was right. Oakland's fault for having Carr in a game against the uh, the Colts uh, when the game was over. I mean, it was, again, the reason Jack Del Rio doesn't have a job anymore. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he can go back to wearing leather jackets on the sideline and coach in Southern California for all I care. This all is, right. This is like taking the last 10 Oscar winners for Best Picture and, and having to pick which of those 10 movies is actually the best movie of the decade. Like... Some like eight bells, classic. Some some say the actual origin of, of the, the Ender Curse. Of the Ender Curse. Um, I mean Jordan. Spieth, I think Jordan Spieth wins because most of the people who voted for this probably won money. On you that. didn't though. I, I didn't. I was the only person in the <laughs> not fantasy the only offices. person. <laughs> okay, it's also Tim. Um, yeah, I think that wins because people made money off of it. But eight, eight bells. That was the hardest decision I had voting. So, wh which one did bells. you end up voting for? Eight bells. I voted for Spieth because it was the most personal, and he is right. I mean, it was the double, it was the bogey bogey quad um, that kind of blew it all away. But for for such a political savant, it's kind of you know surprising how he misread some of these elections <laughs> so clearly. You may but even that, think that, that he has happens a over, but that happens over time. At least with this one, with the Jordan Spieth, I mean, he made the comment, and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like, like w within instantaneous, um, a birdie train, and then to the 12th. All right, so the winner for the most historical Andrickers, third place, the one I actually voted for, Anthony Davis hitting zero threes and Steph Curry breaking the record. It's quite amazing that this actually happened. That got 18.2% of the vote. Which one do you think won, guys? Uh, like I said, Spieth won. But shout out to Eric O'Neill for winning money off that bet. That's true. So I mentioned off the top of the show that despite the fact that we had almost like 5,000 votes for the Ender Custies, there was a statistical tie for number one. So the most Ender cursed historical thing of all time is a tie with 22.3% of eight bells being put down on the track and Jordan Spieth dunking it in the water. I think that works out perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. I'm glad that that actually is the best possible result. I, I like that this, this online survey should have taken roughly six seconds. <laughs> I spent 15 minutes thinking about eight bells versus Jordan Spieth. So I'm glad it tied. I really am. All right. You were the deciding vote. Yeah, maybe, I was. Maybe so. If so. you voted the other way, it would have been different. Well, it's me. I didn't vote for either one of them, so I could have been the deciding vote. Oh, see, if Tim understood how elections work, maybe he would have gotten some of these political ones right. <laughs> All right, the two big ones. Most Andercursed thing of 2017, non-sports section. Here are the nominees. La La Land, guaranteed to win Best Picture at the Oscars at, at one to seven odds. So you were, you were laying minus like 600 on this. Uh, after being announced the winner of Best Picture, it was revealed that it was misread and the award was actually given to Moonlight. 
Number and two. I took a Twitter victory lap in between the <laughs> announcement. There was like 36 seconds. <laughs> that no, was one that's one of like the three times in my life I had to turn my phone off because my mentions blew up so badly. Victory lapping his minus 7,000 like hit also. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Well, note. because on the Academy Awards show, I was upbraided by people saying, oh, it won't win because blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's going to win. It's the best movie. And it had one. And so I was taking my, uh, so I said, doing my victory lap and only to have it ripped away from me for the first time ever in Academy Awards history. <laughs> I will say that on that Oscars betting show that we did, I did give out Moonlight 7-1 to as Best Picture winner. I hope you people got in on that, because I did. I know Tim didn't, because he's ridiculous. But I want to thank you for making that bet a winner, though. Next one, Roger Moore. Tim binge-watched all the Roger Moore James Bond films, and Mr. <laughs> Moore proceeded to die the next day. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> not awesome. I mean, I was a do but it's not my fault. I mean, the movie network had all the old bombs on. So I was watching because I hadn't watched some of them since I was like 13 or 12. Uh, some hold up. Most of them do not. And yeah, the, the poor gentleman passed up. away like the day after. John B. Anderson. So there was a, about this. There was a list that was put out on Twitter <laughs> ranking the best Andersons of all time. And you know, like he had Louis Anderson on the list and other Andersons, and then Tim was in dead fucking last. And then Tim made mention that John B. Anderson was not on the list. Tim, can you please briefly explain who John B. Anderson is for everyone who doesn't know? He ran as an independent candidate for the presidency in 1980 and actually did quite well for an independent. I think he got 7 or 8% of the vote and was actually uh, part of the reason why uh, President, well, then Governor Reagan and President Carter only debated once because they wanted the Women's League of Voters wanted to include Anderson in all the debates. So he actually has sort of an important moment in American history and uh, one of the few times that a third party candidate actually did half decently in the election. So John B. Anderson's name hadn't been brought up in, I don't know, like 30 years, probably minimum. So Tim, so Tim brings it up that he wasn't included. John B. Anderson on the list of best Andersons of all time. And what happened to John B. Anderson, Tim? Two weeks later, he shuffled off this mortal coil. Do you have like a voodoo doll? Are you an assassin? Do you get paid for this? No, I was in Miami during a time when I was told that, quote, curses don't apply when I'm on vacation. No, see, <laughs> we, we, we figured this out because you were really right about your football picks that week. But the curse took all of its might to go to Denver and murder poor John B. Anderson. Uh, again, I, I have no responsibility. The gentleman was like 94 or 95. So uh, blame Father Time. Don't blame me. All right, next nominee, Chili's. After being propped up as one of the world's top restaurants by Tim, they then removed a majority of their restaurants in Western Canada, where Tim lives. That was pretty devastating. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was I, devastating. Can I make a note? Oh, go ahead. I believe that day in particular was... Um... It was the Twitter day. Yeah, it was, the, it was the day he got noticed at the golf course. It was the day he got... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the characters and then the characters taken away. It was all like one day. Yeah, it was like a 36 hour period of time. It was the best. We called it Black Tuesday. Yeah, Black yeah, Tuesday. Black Tuesday. All right, so, so piling on with Black Tuesday, Twitter. After constantly demanding 280 characters, and people forget, not everyone had 280 characters for a time. Tim was given 280 characters and even bragged to Garion about it on Twitter <laughs> and then made fun of Garion's follower account compared to his. Although no, we all... no, no, it wasn't. I had more followers Eric. at the time. Oh, it was, it was, it was sorry, Eric. it was to Eric. Eric O'Neill. Because if there's one thing Tim does like to say, it's, ha, 
your 63 followers must find you a laugh riot. Tim loves making fun of people for not having Twitter followers like him. But anyway, Tim got us 280 characters. And Tim, what happened after you made one tweet? They took him away from me. I had him for five minutes. I was lining up all these lists and things I would do and sort of witty jokes I would use to dunk on people who said mean things about my list. Uh, and like, like things like, oh, it's a pretty clever joke that you fit into 140 characters. Too bad you didn't have more. Oh, pretty you know, clever. I mean, those are pretty witty. I must say so. They're, they're yeah, like... Well, again, I'm a very witty person, and therefore I think I'm in a better position to judge that. Anyway, yeah, they ripped it away from me, and I, I didn't know why it was. And it actually happened the second time, too. <laughs> But for, that's how I was prepared. For all the flack Twitter gets now about being like such a negative space and like people signing off Twitter and like feeling better about their lives, Twitter has been worth it for me for two nights. There was the <laughs> night that ended the MLB season a couple of years back where like Longoria hit the home run and the Red Sox lost and the Braves. Like it was just a crazy great night of baseball that was like really encapsulated why Twitter was awesome. And that night. <laughs> You were the funniest thing. I, I was alone in my apartment, just dying of laughter. You coming to grips with losing the characters. Well, uh, at one point I justified it by saying, well, you know what? The people don't have 280 characters. So to be amongst my people, it's probably best that, uh, like Solomon, I tasted it for a moment, but then was, had it taken away and was living back sort of the ordinary life. I'd stoop back down to 140. Stoop back and, down. Uh, I justified. I, I also wrote an, a great poem about it, mimicking William <laughs> Carlos Williams. This is only to say uh, that was one of my greatest tweets ever. It didn't get the traction because too many people on Twitter aren't po poetically literate. But it was great, and it should have been like viral. So yeah, it was. It was a night where I like was like psychologically coming to terms with the fact that I'd had this thing, and then it was ripped away from me, and I didn't know why it was. What a guy. Queen Cust sitting elevated in his ivory tower, scripting in calligraphy his poetry. <laughs> You're just a man of the people. How dare you stoop down and be with the rest of us? The people chose me. I didn't choose the people. I feel like you may have chose yourself. It's like when people give themselves nicknames and it doesn't stick. I feel like that's what you've done. Self-proclaimed. No, Top, Top Cat stuck, and I didn't give myself that. Did, did it stick? <laughs> and who gave it to you? People. Do they have Himself. names? Are you included as a member of the people? Everyone knows your nickname is T-Biscuit. That's true. We did find out from your dad that your nickname actually is T-Biscuit. Uh, there are many names. There's also a T-Biscuit Twitter account. Yeah, there's a lot of Twitter accounts. They're all... Again, this is why I should be verified on Twitter. Verification exists exactly for me. When there are a thousand imitation accounts out there, it's not for some he supercilious like hug Bobo. that no one likes. He sounds like Bobo from the Stern Show. <laughs> like that's how insane Bobo sounds because he has fake. He's just a caller in the Stern Show, but he has fake accounts and thinks that he should be verified because of it. Well, Tim did have one of his Twitter accounts was verified for like a day. That's he, true. That never yeah. happened. No, sure that, that, that was probably the greatest thing. If people don't know this, um, I used some Photoshop and gave one of Tim's fake accounts a verified <laughs> checkmark and then texted it to Tim as if he could see it. And then he didn't quite believe it, but I got enough people in on the joke that everyone he asked said that they could see it. And then there just must have been something wrong with his Twitter that he couldn't see it because he wasn't the verified one. You know, he and the other one were the same person that just wouldn't show up on his Twitter account. Like at one point, I downloaded a different browser. <laughs> Internet? <laughs> there was something wrong with my browser? <laughs> oh, mercy. mercy. Uh, 
more, there are more nominees yeah, for most Andrew Kirst yeah. non-sports of the year. The Android burger emoji originally had the cheese under the patty, which Tim said is how people eat their hamburgers with cheese under the patty, which just is not true. And then, <laughs> and after he applauded this, it went away, and they reversed it with their next update. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than Android knuckled into the pressure of like big cheese on top is when I get this. Cheese on the bottom is objectively the best way. Your tongue is the bottom of your mouth. You want the cheese closer to your tongue. There's all kinds of reasons why cheese on the bottom is the only way to eat a burger. Countless reasons. The thimble. The thimble in the Monopoly oh. game has long been declared by Tim as the best piece, but was really recently removed from Monopoly. For more, yeah, for well, more millennial things. Like a T-Rex. Well, exactly he can't even like build his hotels because his arms are too little. Yeah, or a penguin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's got a lot to do with <laughs> Tim? Yes? Skip on me, Timbers! <laughs> hey Tim, can, that midget can't help me get the the guy with the long arms can't help me get the guy in the trees. Help tickling that midget down there. T. <laughs> uh, it's like a baby. <laughs> 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 you know what I have to say to you, Tim, and the people who are out there who think that. <clears throat> Skin me, Timbers! <laughs> did you know? No, did you know that I was actually thinking about replacing the Tim Andrew Caspian song at the beginning with. Not that, but with. <laughs> we did discuss Christopher Nolan movies. We did. We did. I feel. Listen, I'm wearing a suit jacket, I'm wearing a tie, I'm standing behind a brick wall. If the audience would laugh at everything I said, like Tim does, I I'd be a millionaire being a stand up comedian. If only I was funny, uh it would help. I think I would be a heckler at a comedy club. I'm uh, only laughing at his laugh. By the way, it's the disembodied laugh. <laughs> Tim actually thinks he should be doing stand-up, by the way, if you didn't know that, Harry. I, I uh, think I could do a pretty good God. set. I think we should film you doing five minutes of stand-up in front of a live audience. Not until we film him doing a cartwheel. Even him doing it here in front of no audience <laughs> would be pretty good. Okay. Tim, like that old joke, how many Teamsters does it take to, uh, to screw in a light bulb? Is this 14. You got a problem with that? He's just so dead set that it's funny. It becomes funny. God damn it. 
Oh. <laughs> well, him laughing at the joke, pausing, no one laughing, and then him reacting He's, to it as the, if it's the funniest he'll thing be ever. The said. Jimmy Fallon of stand-up. Nothing <laughs> yeah, will be funny I'm until not he breaks. Not as funny as Jimmy Fallon. Oh God! Oh, yeah, I forgot like you love Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. All right, there's there's two more here. Uh, actually, one of them is the Twitter one. So we already got to that one. The last one, malls. After long being touted as fantastic places for food and walks, it was recently predicted that 25% of malls will be gone in the next five years, Tim. Congratulations, you Andrew malls. I think that economic trends have nothing to do with my preference or not preference for malls, but uh, it will be a sad day because malls are, for, for many of us, malls were the local, the focal point of, you know, growing up. You know, you went to the mall after school and hung out. Uh, you went to the arcade or you went to the movies or, you know, the mall was sort of the, the, the artery or the heart, uh, the beating heart uh, of a lot of us growing up and to see malls sort of wither away so that people can, you know, go on their Amazon Prime and order, you know, whatever it is flown to them by a drone. Uh, you know, it's a sad, it's a sad reality. I don't understand how malls could have this place in your heart. I'm older than you and that was for the generation before me. It was I like, that was like early 80s. People were like, let's go to the mall. He's still I there. Spent a yeah, lot and you still do it. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at balls. Jeff was actually at the mall at like 1.30 p.m. the other day. Jeff, would you like to describe your experience? No, it's just like very weird to see who was at the mall in the middle of the afternoon. Did Tim and make then, a cameo? And then like I visually placed Tim there and it just made me crack up. <laughs> Leading the mall walk with his weights on his arms? Oh, too good. <laughs> Ankle right. weight. Ankle weight. Sorry, I, I I misspoke on that. I voted for John B. You you voted for John B. Anderson. Yeah. It's tough because I too have, voted for John B. Anderson. There's two different deaths. <laughs> yeah. I think La La Land deserves to win because that it was, should win. That was but just than, so historically unprecedented. But Chili's might win just because how could Chili's not win a Custy? Well, here's yeah, the since, thing. Since the, well, before last Sunday when the Vikings won that ridiculous game, my phone had not blown up since. Uh, La La Land, like quite like that. Well, okay. In, in the biggest shocker, sometimes there are snubs at the Custies, as we're finding out. Chili's snubbed at the Custies. Wow. Not <laughs> even a third place medal for Chili's. Coming in third place with 12.2% of the vote, the thimble being removed from really? Monopoly. That's nah, the best piece. Well, not anymore. It's not even a piece anymore. I'll bring my own thimble and use that. <laughs> Great. Coming in second with 26.2% of the vote, La La Land not winning best pitcher, leaving number one, the Custy for most Andrew-cursed non-sports, Tim murdering Roger Moore. I should have guessed that because I, re- I said before, there is, I suspect, a big, big overlap between people who enjoy the Pat Mayo experience and people who are James Bond fans. I I think that is not the correlation here, yeah, Pat. I think it's death. I think it's death, as we yep. saw in the previous poll, where Eight Bells was able to uh, share half of uh, <laughs> shared half of an award unsuspectingly. Yeah. Uh, with Jordan Spieth, I think that was a bit of a surprise. So death is playing. Well, yeah, because that basically killed Jordan Spieth's chances of ever winning another Masters. So De- well, I but I was I, saying, I, he has a chance to be the most reverse yeah. curse person of 2018 Jeez. when he does win the Masters. I, I was going to say that earlier. <laughs> what were we going to say? You could give me Jordan Spieth on 100 to 1, and I would say no. Because he's that, not going to win. Oh, well, Amazing. Here we go. You're, here we you're go. so awesome. I, I would say that we'll get, to the, we'll get to the third one in a second, but like the two things that I really attribute Tim to in terms of like the last year is La La Land and I would say the Jordan Spieth thing. Like the it's over 
that's... I, so I'm, I'm upset La, La Land didn't win, but I can see why it, someone literally dying is... Yeah, my Menchies blew up like you wouldn't believe that night. No, I can believe it. Well, you know, it's funny because he made the reference to the football game that will will likely be on next year's <laughs> list because he, he tweeted that he called the score correctly. He personally <laughs> texted me that he told, called the Viking Saint score correctly and then the miracle happened. <laughs> and, and much like, uh, you know, La La Land. So this is the big yeah, one. I... Uh, this is the big one. We got to get to it. The last custody to give out. Most Andercursed sports. Of the year. This is a big list. I'm just going to rattle through them. Week 10, free money teaser. Originally did not have the New York Jets on the teaser. Despite, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Despite them being... You know, thank Hold you. Hold on. Despite being your super lock, they were added to it because you claimed that the Jets were on a bye week before the bye week because and, they were playing the Bucks. And he said the Bucks were going to get shut out. They weren't <laughs> going to score a point. So then he has this four-game teaser, Garyan, and I'm like, well, how about, the, why don't you just put on the game where you think the team won't score a single point? That makes sense. Like, I, yeah, I, I didn't say I love this game. I was saying, based on his logic, how does it not make the teaser? And what happened? bullied me into it. I did. I did. And it what was the first of two times this year I thought a team was on a bye playing another team, and they won. <laughs> they lost. All right. Kareem Hunt was declared the player to own, end quote, in fantasy, and did not record a touchdown for the next 10 weeks after you saying that. So thanks, Tim, for all the Kareem Hunt owners out there. Hopefully they survived, and he helped them to a fantasy championship he at the end. He went from scoring a touchdown against the Chargers in September to not scoring another one until he scored two touchdowns against the Chargers in December. That's Love you. <laughs> That's low. Henrik Stenson was picked to win the WGC Mexico tournament. Tim, do you remember what he did? Yeah, he withdrew. After two holes and then got the shits for a month. Yeah, that was the tournament where people took shots at poor Phil when all he was doing was playing by the rules. No. <laughs> Somebody stole his ball. Oh, I guess a fan saw it. We can't believe them. You know, Phil is trying to take a stance that there's a, a, a water uh, spout preventing him from taking the stance he would take. Yeah, I'm, oh, try, no. I'm trying to take a stance to hit this ball inside a tree, and there's a sprinkler head. Bill, but that's I'm trying to hit the ball looks. inside of a tree. And then to start the, the round the next day, he had to have one of the signs taken down because <laughs> he hit it off to the left, and all the other players were, like, nodding at each other. I was very annoyed by that. <laughs> all right, here's a fun one because this one really flew underneath the Raiders. I'm glad that it was actually on the pole. Tim... For his credit, despite ending up picking like 27 of the 32 teams in football to win the Super Bowl this year, despite not having either one of the two in the Super Bowl, uh, he did say the Vikings would have a good year. But he thought one of the main reasons that they would have a good year is because Bishop Sankey was on the team in the preseason. So Bishop Sankey, after being declared useful and a contributor by Tim in the preseason, tore his ACL the very next day. That was rough. Did not see that coming. (laughs) Okay, how about this one? Nate Peterman was predicted by you to lead the Buffalo Bills into the playoffs, and you started him in fantasy that week, thinking he was going to have a big game against the Chargers, and then he threw five interceptions in the first half. He did quarterback the Buffalo Bills during a playoff game this year. That is is technically true. That's a great point. In which he threw a game-ending interception. Yes, that that is all true. So, I mean, yes, obviously that was a disastrous claim, but he did help. In a sense, he did lead the Buffalo Bills into the playoffs. New York Mets predicted to win the National League and then 
finished with the fourth worst record in baseball instead. Yeah, just tons of injuries. That's still one of the two or three best teams in the National League, pound for pound, talent wise. But if they can't stay healthy, so what you're saying is that you're locking them in right now for next year's Custody Awards. If you could guarantee me their pitching staff stayed healthy all year, they would be my pick to win the National League pennant, no doubt. They can't be beaten because that pitching staff is unbelievably good. This is a conversation for probably two weeks from now. They added Adrian Gonzalez to play first base, who I really like. I hope David do. Wright can make a comeback. Oh, I love Cespedes. Like, I think the Mets have a real capacity to be a, a really dominant team, but their health situation would be the one thing that might prevent me from picking them. Isn't Noah Syndergaard too young for you to like him? No, Noah Syndergaard is an absolute superstar. I mean, I think he's, after Kershaw, the second-best pitcher in the National League, talent-wise. Okay, there's more of these to roll through. We got to keep going here. Um, this is my personal favorite and the one that I voted for: Dustin Johnson, John Rom, and Jason Duffner. Your three picks to win the U.S. Open. All missed the cut, and if you had parlayed them together, you would have got a 14 to one to miss the cut parlay. So congratulations on your picks. Well, I didn't realize the U.S. Open was being played at the John Deere Classic Quad City Golf Tournament. I, I didn't realize they were playing at a phony course. Uh, that's my mistake. So, so Dustin Johnson, and John Robb would not have played well there, is what you're saying. If they, they, they if prepared, they showed they, if they showed up and played at the John Deere Classic, they wouldn't do well. They too would miss the cut. No, they they prepared for a real U.S. Open on a real U.S. Open course, and then uh, were bamboozled by a course that you know should be picked up and thrown into the ocean and never seen again. The Atlanta Falcons up twenty eight to three in the win. Super Bowl. Yeah, you proclaimed I was with you at the time. You proclaimed it's over. <laughs> Over. Just after half two, not even at half, just after half. You Mike, like, you, I will remember, and you'll remember this too. We were on the couch next to each other. It was 28 to 10, and uh, it was third and two or whatever. And I said to you, I am so glad that I'm going to be able to go on the show and take shots at Brady. And the next play was the strip fumble of R- Matt Ryan that the Patriots recovered. And of course, you immediately tweeted it out. And uh, that was the first time I felt, oh, no things have begun to turn and uh yeah i mean it was 28 to 3 i took a victory lap on twitter i was having a lot of fun i was having a few drinks i was delighted in the most schadenfreude sense to watch this cheating cut clutching covetous avaricious team that doesn't deserve any respect or any admiration lose finally get their just desserts in front of a national stage only to come back because the opponent plays prevent defense against him, giving Brady these stats that he doesn't deserve credit for because any quarterback would have got these stats in that Super Bowl. A couple of fourth uh, two-point conversions that he had nothing to do with because it was a direct snap on one. The game-winning touchdown was a James White rush because James White is the only player on that team who scores touchdowns in the playoffs. And they got to win the Super Bowl. It was aggravating, but thankfully that won't happen again. Fun fact about that night. Um, despite Andrew cursing the Falcons, it was not the biggest moment of the night. It was a night that Tim tried to reach for and ask one of the people on my bachelor party if those were his Skittles, and the man responded to him, Skittle me Timbers. <laughs> and then Tim had this laugh, but for like 28 straight minutes. It was, it was uh, also the night that I thought Jim Parsons, or that I thought, who was it? I think Ringo Starr or somebody was worth $100 million and I was laughed at? No, it wasn't Ringo Starr. Somebody, you, I said, oh, that person you, must be worth $100 million. I, I think. Oh, just one of the randos in the Super Bowl commercial? Yeah. Oh, was, you know what? I thought it was Michael Richards. That's who I said it was. Yeah, he said that Michael Richards was worth $100 million. Turns out, Michael Richards, not worth $100 million. No, and like the next commercial that Jim Parsons did it, and one of our friends said, how much do you think he got paid for this commercial? $500 million. <laughs> 
More of these. Minnesota Twins, you claimed it's over when the Twins went up 3-0 in the first inning against the Yankees in the playoffs. They proceeded yeah, to lose. I think the Yankees didn't to even record. Like, they hadn't, they hadn't been up yet. 27 outs had yet to be recorded in that game. Michigan yeah. Wolverines, you claimed, Tim, quote, it's over when the Wolverines went up 14-0 on Ohio State and then... Ohio State proceeded to go on a 31-6 run, beating the Wolverines and covering the spread. The Los Angeles Dodgers, after leading the Houston Astros 4-0 in Game 5 of the World Series, you declared, guess what? Do you know what you declared? No, I have a sense of what I declared. It's over! And the Astros won the game 13-12 to in one of the most bizarre games in World Series history. I think that no. section of Tim's resume is kind of the sad point <laughs> of this. Like, that's a man trying... To have his phone blow up? I feel like you didn't mean those, Tim. I most certainly did. I feel like this is just your catchphrase. This is like your idea. No, didn't do I it. say something's over when I truly believe that the game is out of reach. I don't know if you really believe that. Oh, there's do you like uh, that the I Vince should. Carter dunk contest? Like, like the it's over? over. All right, it's actually over. an impersonation of the Lipton's iced tea commercial <laughs> uh, where Rocky is in claymation. Yeah, now, and, uh, now that it's over, get me something to drink. That's actually what it's an impersonator. It's like an early 90s commercial. I know the commercial. I think it's a Canadian-only commercial, too. Know it's just it. You can watch it on YouTube if you like. Lipton Iced Tea, Lipton Brisk Iced Tea, Rocky Claymation. You'll find it out. You'll see. He gets to the corner. That is all the... He's got me something to drink. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that commercial. Last two. That's what it's an impersonator. Last two nominees. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, he- after leading Green Bay, after the leading Green Bay Packers went up 21 to 7 in week 14, or got down 21 to 7, sorry, in week 14 of the NFL season, hashtag I knew was exclaimed after <laughs> predicting the Browns would win. They were my super lock that week and on a money line parlay that would have won on the They didn't cover. Yeah, they caused Green Bay to come back. The game went into overtime, and not only did the Browns not win, they didn't cover the spread either. Devastating. But you knew. I was I, I had caged I had cased that game sorry perfectly. Yeah, you and were right, Tim. You're exactly for right. Half quarters, it went it precisely as I thought it would, and then just everything fell apart, and it was disastrous. And of course, I heard about it. My favorite one of your like arguments for making up for all the times that you're wrong is that you're actually on the right side. It just didn't turn out the right way. There's a situation where I was clearly on the right side. It just got. Were you on the right side? Because it made the list of most Andrew Curse things of the year. Just bad luck. This all can't be bad. Listen, how many of these we've run off? We're not even done yet. There's still one more to go. The Philadelphia Eagles. After long being proclaimed the Super Bowl favorites, we actually ran a poll on the show which week the Andercurs would strike <laughs> the Eagles. Now, hey, maybe it hasn't, but after you gave up on them, they're now that no one believes in us, and now they're in the Super Bowl. But starting quarterback Carson Wentz tore his ACL in a Week 14 game against your Los Angeles Rams, Tim. And then you gave up on them and said they couldn't win a game in the playoffs. And now look at them. Now they're going to win the Super Bowl. I know. Oh, so now they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Now you're dating this as well because it's coming up the day after the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, we would, we, it would be dated anyway if we didn't talk about the Eagles and the Super Bowl had happened. People would know it hadn't happened already. Okay. What do you guys think wins this? This is um, a tough one. I, I think, it has to be the again, Super Bowl. Again, it, it yeah. should be the Super Bowl. But at the same time... You've seen some upsets here on this list. I, I do feel like there's no, there's I no crazy. I personally voted like... for, my votes were personal. So my vote for this one was bullying Tim into picking the <laughs> Jets on his teaser. <laughs> <laughs>
I voted for Henrik Stenson. I thought that was hilarious. They were guaranteed to win. He was withdraws, also my one. Withdraws after was, two holes. He was my one. Thank God I didn't pick Dustin Johnson at the Masters. I would never have heard the end of that. That's probably a good idea. He didn't idea. even tee off. No, he was, quote, wearing socks when he, quote, fell down the stairs. <laughs> what do we think happened with that? Sex swing? Yeah, sex swing. That's my guess. I think it was it's, a sex injury. Listen, you got young kids, man. You got, like, a two-year-old. There could be that, like, toy at the top of the stairs. All right, so... The finalists and the winners for the 2017 Custy for most Andrewhurst sports related, coming in third with 10.1% of the vote. Poor Nate Peterman, man. You've ruined that guy's career. That this I, so you we, you mentioned recency bias yeah. for one of these before Jacksonville. I think that was recency bias. This poll probably came out like four days after that happened. Okay, you, we, we all know what number one is on this list. The the, the Falcons got 33.5% of the vote. I think... Don't fade down away this now. If you could figure out what number two was, would be shocking to me. You guys get to pick. What do you think came number two well, on this list? It got 25.7% of the vote. People might have been annoyed by Hunt. I remember that being a You know a what? Topic. You know what it could be? Just, just trying to figure out where most of our fan base or most of the people who watch this show are, I feel like we have a large New York-based audience that were mad that he undercursed the Mets. So the Mets are your I'm pick. I'm the Mets are number two. Jeff, what do you think happened to be number two? I'll say Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Tim, do you have a guess at what number two is? I'd guess the Browns. Number two, with 25.7% of the vote, the second most undercursed thing in sports this season, Bishop Sankey blowing out his ACL. Oh, wow. That is see, a, that's a deep it's just cut. just so random. See, that one was it, important because people that, that are fans, that one hit because it was so immediate. And because it's so nonsensical to begin with that he said Bishop Sankey was going to be relevant. No, but but like sort of like the speed that the Masters. There's like, an immediacy to it. That an immediacy to the call and then the incident is, is, is special and it holds a, a certain weight, I think. Well... 33.5% of the vote. There wasn't a lot of vote splitting on this one. People were very firm with what they thought the most Andercursed thing of the year was. So the Custy for most Andercursed sporting event of 2017, the Atlanta Falcons blowing the 28-3 lead in Super Bowl 50. I can already guarantee... 51. I, I hate, 51. I hate to do it, Pat, but yeah. like... The Vikings. Start parlaying Jordan Spieth to win this year's Masters. I have. Just about anything. Him proclaiming he'll never, like, compete because of that one hole. Oh, I said he'll compete. He'll finish second, third, fourth, so, fifth at time. The fact again. that you wouldn't, if I was like, hey, Tim, like, this book, like, this book made a mistake. They're offering 100 to 1 on Spieth. You'd be like, no, man, pass. Hard pass. Well, but if I say I don't think something is ever going to happen again, does it really matter what odds you give me if I really don't think it's going to happen? Yeah, hedge equity? I don't know. Yeah, if you think he's going to come second, you're 100 to 1 and be looking real good if you got in the final group. Like that, oh, he's going to have, he's 100 to 1 and he's going to have a lead going to 12 before he drinks it twice. Be a great time to get out of the bet. Okay, that's actually a very <laughs> fair point. I wasn't thinking that way. I was just thinking if I had to hold the ticket the whole way through. Fair, uh, which you, is still, you're still crazy for not wanting to hold that ticket. But. We've been going for like two hours, I think, and that was the first time you've conceded Anything. <laughs> no, I said I was wrong about Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> I got... Yeah. Born, in, born in Canada, too, which I didn't know. What a hero. Uh, All right, final thoughts time. Gary and Thorne, do you have any final thoughts about what were the most Andercursed things of 2017? Again, I think uh, the, the rightful winners were chosen in most aspects. Uh, I'm really happy 
about the two-way tie between the horse and Justin, uh, excuse me, Jordan Spieth. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that, was a, that was a thing that we did for two hours. Jeff? That, that just thing. happened. Long live sour candies. Yeah, I think that that's my final thoughts of the entire thing, too. The fact that you don't like sour candies is just so ridiculous. And enjoy Why would I like them? They're gutter trash. It's like when you call sand Pellegrino gutter water compared to Perry. Because <laughs> uh, it, it is? Is it? It's not. I stand by it, that. It, it's exactly the same. You just need to get a, you need to get yourself a soda stream, and then you don't even have to get I have, a, I, I have a soda stream. There you go. Know. Of course, did Scarlett Johansson talk you into buying one? <laughs> no, she did not. I guess my last statement would be, I don't know why you needed to I didn't ask you for your fucking last statement. There was no need to laugh at the frying pan of washing machine stories. They weren't that funny. Those are exceedingly funny stories. It was pretty funny. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Those were the 2017 Custies. I want to thank Gary. Jeff and Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That is not my name. For being on the line today, I want to thank all of you for sitting through this monstrosity. Please give the episode a like, subscribe to the show, and always, always, always tell a friend about Cuss Corner. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.